Welcome, everyone, to the Inhumans podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hail, Pete! Mm-hmm. Pete, you gotta speak up there. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just a little louder, Pete. Well, easy, Pete. Hang on one second here. Let me put on, put on the, the sound-dampening microphone action. All right, Pete, we are ready for you to speak. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Uh, having modulated my voice here so I don't uh, destroy uh, the entire universe. Ready to talk about Inhumans, Matt, and the first trailer that we glimpsed finally yesterday before it hits IMAX screens on Friday, September 1st. Yes, the uh, the long-awaited uh, view where where some things were confirmed, other things were were left up in the air. We're gonna we're gonna go through blow by blow, Pete. First shot that uh, that caught my eye, particularly since our home base. I dare say the home base for everyone who's listening, Agents of Shield. When last when last we left them, or at least left Coulson, uh, it looked like he was on a, a you know. A freaking spaceship by the moon and uh what do we get but a picture for inhumans here of the moon yeah i think we're gonna get a firmer connection than we've anticipated at this point to what took place at the end of the fourth season of agents of shield and what exactly the inhumans realm is as this series begins uh, in due course, we get our first uh, shot of the royal family. Uh, of course, uh, one person, it must be noted, is absent from it. Uh, no Triton there. And Pete, this was the first shot of many where, to be completely honest, things look a little inexpensive. It looks a little like they're trying to, I don't know, to, to, to aggrandize things that aren't quite there. To me, this shot of everyone at the table it somehow looks small. Everyone's almost crowded towards the center of the shot as though we're dealing uh, with a, a non-widescreen format, um, which of course we are. It's IMAX, it's Netflix, it's 2017. Um, kind of a, 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 a rather uh, bare dressing to the set. And Pete, my, my spidey sense is tingling here and not <laughs> an altogether good way. We are in really uncharted territory here with the IMAX release first. So if you were to see this only on your TV screen, I don't think we'd be giving it the scrutiny that it's perhaps received. Um, If you look at the back of the image and you know what you're looking at, you can see iconography that is very clearly the language that Coulson began scrawling at the end of season one and into season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with obviously some visual updates. There's a statue. We've got the unusual appearance of uh, some of the characters other than the bad red wig that everybody's on (laughs) Hmm. that we all thought when we saw moving images would appear a little bit better now this trailer has been in the wild for at least six weeks and for us to finally get it um it's kind of surprising that it wasn't a little bit more uh 
shall we say, powerful. Um, but as we'll discuss here, I think Matt's a little more down on it than I am. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to suggest, particularly for, for new listeners, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hating this or, or hating on it, as y'all cool kids say. Um, to me, just from this first, sh- this first uh, shot of, of people um, and later on to the preview, I can only repeat the word I used before, Pete. There's a certain cheapness to it, whether it's the shot composition. And I don't want to go overboard with, oh, man, how the set is dressed, how the how the, the stuff on the table. But this doesn't look like the exotic royal space superpower people. Nothing in the shot suggests any of that to me. It kind of just looks like a like a like a cool millionaire's home in Malibu. <laughs> You have to wonder, too, this is the first project they've had that was slated for the big screen and now is coming to the small screen, but now we'll go to the big screen and then to the small screen. So it's a really unusual path um, that it's taken. It'd be very interesting for myself to find out how much of what has become the TV show was intended for any kind of film. What was on the treatment? Um, this was a film that was originally earmarked for 2019 and then hit development hell. And now is a TV show that will launch its first two hours in IMAX in an unprecedented way come the first day of September. But yeah, they clearly have not, generated the kind of buzz I think they were hoping for. I feel you a little bit on the, you know, Malibu mansion thing. I I think we've got to keep it real from the perspective too, that this is apparently taking place in the moon. So there's only so much from a set perspective. I think that you can really operate from, um, so with that in mind, you know, there, there's there's nothing so much here that bothers me other again than the Medusa wig. Well, we get to see that a little closer up as the uh, as the trailer unfolds. Uh, some tension between Black Bolt and Medusa. Um, I'm digging Black Bolt's um, coat. I know it's it's obviously evocative of the comic character. Um, but uh, translated a bit more readily for uh, for the big screen, the small screen, the screen screen. Um, but then, Pete, my eye just gets drawn. I mean, in my mind, there's no way to defend the wig, but even just the, the single-tone purple of her outfit. It doesn't set it off well, and the hair is so unnaturally red and not even in like a, hey, we're going to unnaturally redden her hair. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, her appearance jars you out of every frame that she appears in this trailer. Uh, pretty quickly, the, uh, the story moves on, at least the story being presented in the trailer, uh, Maximus up to his, uh, up to his presumed no good. Uh, luckily Pete, he's not here with, uh, with Reek. So we get a little break of that <laughs> Game of Thrones fans. But speaking of there Thrones. There is a dog in the, uh. 
in the show, though. We know that doesn't work out well with him. <laughs> yes, and, and and the dog in this show might be a high point, just as him and the dog. I think dog is going to steal the show. I think Lockjaw, I, I think if the trailer does anything well, it's how it uses Lockjaw. Definitely, definitely agree there. Um, and and speaking of Game of Thrones, this shot that we get of Maximus on what appears to be the throne of of their their kingdom. Again, I kind of look at it and go, cool throne with the kind of inhumans wavy lines above it. Very, where's very your, bare set. Where's your rich person, you know, uh, lit by propane um, fireplace? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking for a fireplace with some gravel on top of it. Yes, or or something that in some sort of Star Trekky way tells you it's a weird future, even though we don't, even though we didn't spend a lot of money, or it's a weird. I know this isn't the future; it's not futuristic, but clearly it's otherworldly. Um, so, yeah, there's kind of that there. That, that again, as somebody who does not know the Inhumans comics very well, and obviously knows uh, knows Marvel TV very well, since we podcast every single episode and every single movie in the mcu i don't know some, there's just something slightly off here about this as we as we dig further into the trailer well other than lockjaw matt if this trailer is trying to communicate anything i think its central thesis is that maximus uh wants the throne and to head to earth do do, do you get a, a feeling of about any of that I certainly do. You know, I try and run spoiler free. Um, but yes, definitely uh, he's he's um, being set up as the bad guy. Uh, we see him presumably which, getting... Which monologue um, clued you into that? <laughs> uh, I'd say the beginning monologue. And I really, really, really don't mean to um, harp on the cheap factor. But I'm going to say that word again in a minute. Although it's something that isn't inherently cheap. So bear with me if you're like, oh, you're being so pessimistic. In this monologue in the beginning here, there is a close-up of Iwan Rian. And Pete, the shot looks, here comes the word again, cheap. Now, obviously, this is a handsome guy. He's ready for the camera. He's all ready to go. Here's the only thing I can extrapolate from that, Pete. Having seen him on Game of Thrones and knowing that uh, if you take a handsome person, well-lit in in a proper uh, costume on a set and whatnot they're going to look fine on camera maybe there's something about the imax camera and i don't know lenses i don't know focal lengths and things of that things of that sort but he didn't look like he was at his best in that close-up maybe that's an imax camera thing and a lens thing and what i do not know but it kind of was like wait why does the guy look a little different yeah i'm not picking up that so much i mean there's a lot of tricks of light if you will in particular sets that are glimpsed here in the scene where they have medusa on the ground and there's guys with uh guns in her face and maximus is is getting down to her level that works for me with the light that that's playing you've got a marble looking floor um, but again, I see the, the wig and I'm instantly drawn out of, um, you know, the, the storytelling that's, that's trying to happen visually there. I'm just hoping against hope 
Although I, I don't understand why it would be released in such a way that the, the hair is going to be maybe a little bit more like active when we see it. Um, but it's at this point of the trailer that we, we finally get one, I think the best looking set um, glimpse, which is a, a spherical bowl type of uh, setting where uh, Lockjaw and Black Bolt uh, dematerialize and head elsewhere. Yeah, certainly a scene that that is uh, suggestive of tension between uh, between Black Bolt and Maximus. Uh, and sure enough, they they dematerialize Pete, and they materialize. You won't imagine where Pete. The show <laughs> being shot in Hawaii, it appears they show up in Oahu. They're in Hawaii. That works out well. It does. It does. And this, um, without the dog, with the stand-in for the dog, this image has has been out there on the internet for some time. Um, this works for me. This works showing up in the middle of the street. And um, the dog, I think, is something that people are interested in how it's going to play out, how integrated it will be into the show. Is this going to be like the tiger on the walking dead, or is this going to be as well conducted as ghost rider was in season four of agents of shield? Well, I know there was a comment, uh, made online today, uh, towards Mark Kolpak, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. visual effects guru, something to the effect of, and they said it rather slyly, but there's something to the effect of, boy, that Inhumans trailer sure makes me appreciate everything they do on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, perhaps a little bit of a dig there, but no dig when it comes to Lockjaw here. Certainly, if you want to just get down to the, to the nitty-gritty of it in terms of uh, visual effects, he looks well integrated into the scene. You know, you have him in... Uh, in sunlight, casting a shadow behind him and whatnot. That's uh, that's uh, Cajoni's uh, full-on display. Not the dogs, rather the visual effects uh, <laughs> in a visual effects sense. Um, that that's going for it. And he's he's uh, he's there, and we get Pete, our, our fish out of water. Uh, the, uh, the the non-speaking Black Bolt now in a in a you know in, in a very human, a very mortal place. It's Hawaii. And the, the trailer just begins to touch on that, um, which I think is going to be something that the show is going to integrate a lot of people in with, but that the character doesn't speak, that when he does speak, he can you know, level mountains, and they just touch on it at the end, which again, I think is a smart decision to kind of end with that, apart from the weirdness and some of the things that come across. We uh, get in the trailer, a brief glimpse of, uh, of Triton along with uh, crystal and Pete looks like they're in one of those, those, you know, groves where you might sometimes find yourself waking up after a crash, you know, maybe yeah, there's a I shoe in the, uh, in, in a tree somewhere. I think there's a, uh, one hit wonder Brit, uh, hanging from one of those, uh, trees there. You all, everybody, hopefully know what we're talking about. Uh, there's some action scenes there also in the jungle. Uh, looks like uh, looks like Gorgon showing some of what he can do. Um, 
And then, as you alluded to before, Pete, uh, there, there's the the merest whisper. I believe it's in uh, it's in pain from Black Bolt that sends a police car flying. By the way, uh, the police car is labeled Honolulu Police, so uh, I'm glad to see it's not like you know they didn't go all the way to Hawaii to be like, and here we are in downtown the New York. <laughs> Just go for it, you know. Uh, although, if we learned anything from Lost, it's that Hawaii can play just about anywhere. And from the writing that we see in this trailer, and it's difficult to gauge that past dialogue, but um, to to have him get struck and to to just let the littlest breath out and to push this car, to flip this police car over, I really like that as a touch. Absolutely. It's, it is a trailer that tells a story despite of some of the visuals or, or in spite of some of the visuals, I should say. Um, the story told by the trailer is one of, of mystery, one of, you know, kind of pulling you in to get to know these characters better. Uh, one where the powers seem to be, uh, to be exploding off the edge of the screen. We don't know all what everybody does yet and whatnot. And, um, and, uh, I'm more excited, Pete, than perhaps my my initial downness would suggest. It's another offering from Marvel TV, which has yet to really uh, to really let us down. Um, I'll share some of the the or share some of the concerns uh, from our Iron Fist podcast, that same showrunner from Iron Fist, which has been perhaps the least successful show so far. Uh, not because of visuals, not because of where it's set, not because of uh, of um costumes or or set dressings being able to connect with the characters so i think the the goal for inhumans is despite all their wacky zany powers and living on the moon and you know one guy's got green skin and the fin and all of this can we connect to these people as as the human characters that they are tier again it would be one thing if this was only coming to your tv i'm just so curious how this is going to come across what kind of audiences they're going to attract in IMAX. I mean, we will be there. We, we have to be there. Um, we're, we're curious enough and passionate enough that we will be there, but I'm curious how well attended it's going to be. Well, Pete, we ran a poll on Twitter. Uh, there were four options. Plus, uh, if you wanted to sound off, you could reply. So let's uh, let's share the results of that poll now. Thirty percent of the respondents said they were psyched for the IMAX presentation and the show. Fourteen percent have plans to skip IMAX, but are but are keen on the show. Thirty six percent will decide after seeing. Um, so I guess if nothing else, that places pressure on the IMAX almost more so because if people come out of the IMAX presentation saying, eh, no bueno, that's going to erode the pilot, you know, um, or, or, or the, the two hours of, uh, of, uh, whether they're doing a two hour premiere or, or the first two hours, whatever it might be. Um, lastly, Pete, for our unscientific poll, 20% of people voting said they're passing on it. Uh, we also got some responses, um, at Defenders Cast said, definitely interested after that trailer. Still loads they are keeping back for the aspect of IMAX, but positive feeling so far, which I think is a fair point, Pete. The IMAX nature of it is probably only going to be best appreciated, wait for it, on IMAX. 
Yeah. And I think that, um, obviously there's visuals they're going to continue to work on until much closer to when that's going to premiere. I still think that they're going to show the pilot or part of it at San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, we're going to get a fairly good idea of which way this is heading, but they really don't have a, you know, strong buzz. I think at this point, has Marvel as a TV operation built a situation up where they can withstand this? Absolutely. You look at the amount of content. They're going to hit 200 episodes of TV shortly after four years of, um, you know, content. So, you know, clearly they're cranking it out as we've covered with our Iron Fist podcast and, you know, we're talking about this now, are they allowed weaker entries? Absolutely. They've canceled one show, left it without a very clear resolution. And, uh, you know, they have properties that people are passionate about and people know about people want to see on the screen you're going to get a chance to vote with your dollars and then vote with your live views and your DVRs this fall. Continuing on Twitter, we had a reply from uh, our pal Jamie Patton. You mentioned uh, that other convention, Pete. We, of course, have seen Jamie a few times at New York Comic Con. Uh, she's at NJAYME. Uh, she said, I'd be excited if it were tying into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. AOS laid the groundwork for Inhumans, but it feels like Marvel ABC are like whatevs, which I think a lot of people are feeling. If we have fought and bled and hoped and prayed for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come back, and we were all ecstatic that it's going to come back for a full 22-episode season uh, in 2018, how is this show not connecting to it? And in, in any way, how is it disregarding Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. existing? I think it has to. And I think that's the discussion at this point is, you know, not only does S.H.I.E.L.D. react to the presence of these stronger Inhumans, uh, new Inhumans, what, whatever we want to say, because Inhumans have been a thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for three seasons now. But what about the idea of the Avengers, the Defenders, anybody else out there that might in some way react to these people showing up on Earth? As, uh, as I think we briefly discussed on our Defenders podcast, I think we have a situation here where where Marvel TV got what it asked for, which is really believe that it's all connected. And now whenever they pull away from that, um, I think at times for reasons that make sense. I mean, in the real world, there are people going about their business uh, with high drama and excitement in New York City that aren't necessarily impacted by things going on in Hawaii or Washington, D.C. or the moon. Um, or, you know, we recently heard, Pete, there was some real life theory about laborers on Mars or that kind of thing. My point being, not everybody in the world sits down and has the kind of connectivity that we want to see ideally in, look, there's Coulson on the helicarrier. And then there's, you know, back at S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ in Captain America 2, there's, uh, you know, there's Fitzsimmons and there. 
fine. There's not always that connectivity in real life, but you told us it was all connected here. So when it's not, eh. Well, you flashback four years ago and Marvel TV as an entity coming out of the Avengers and then into Iron Man 3 and you bring our involvement into it as far as a film universe and that they would now appear on TV. That's what intrigued us in terms of podcasting this. Yeah, they they had those you know, appearances early on, they had Samuel Jackson and then they brought in Lady Sif from Thor and everything like that. But again, nearly 200 episodes into a connected TV and film universe, they have earned the right to throw something like this out there and see if it sticks. Um, I'm, I'm not rationalizing or justifying your complaints, Matt, but I'm just saying it, it can't all be a home run and okay. Uh, clearly the reaction is not with this at this point, but again, let's give it the opportunity. Let's see what it had. I'm, I'm pretty sure with some of the ideas behind agents of shield, there were people who were rolling their eyes when they saw those first couple trailers and look how hardcore, that core audience is Pete. We also got a tweet from Jen Phillips who, uh, she said this Pete, when I tweeted this in, in, in the wee hours, uh, of, of our morning time, it was the middle of the night for her. She said, it's three twenty-seven AM. My alarm rings at four. So why am I even here? I don't know. But what I do know is all caps. I, that I'm officially psyched for the IMAX pilot. So Pete, as goes Jen Phillips, seven, two, one, I dare say, so go we all. Let's be psyched for that IMAX pilot. Yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to. I think that between the performers they've assembled and the really out there concepts of Inhumans, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, the presentation, I think that's where they're going to really try to have to sell this to people. But again, you give it an opportunity I think there were naysayers with each of these Marvel projects and obviously the great majority of them have stood the test of time. Quick uh, Twitter conversation from Ariel Ovale and Anandra. Uh, Ariel asking, is IMAX just for the pilot episode? And, uh, and uh, Anandra conf uh, confirming, no, it's the first two episodes, then the rest, you know, then, then those first two on TV with the remaining six. Um, we also had a tweet from Gearhead who said, I want to see this, but oh, did that look cheap? And lastly, a tweet from AOS fan that's uh, at top AOS fan on Twitter. That's a, that's a good Twitter grab right there. <laughs> uh, no IMAX where I live, but I'm psyched for the show itself. Can't wait, which I think is that's a positive way to end the conversation, which is to say, yes, this is being presented as an IMAX event. Then the adventure continues on TV. Here's the flip side. There are two entry points to this TV show. One is IMAX. One is with the pilot and the next week's episode. That's rare, too. Usually it's just it, it, it either is. You know, either you get it for the pilot or you don't. Either you're psyched or you're not. Here you kind of get get um, a bifurcated entry point, Pete. <laughs> Look at the vocab on Matt there. Um, 
again, it's unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. I know they're trying to find more partners for something like this. Uh, they haven't announced any more at this point. It's certainly unique. It's going to get people talking about it before it's on TV. We'll, re- we'll reserve the right to review it and you know stand back and see how they are successful or unsuccessful ultimately. Well, Pete, we will, of course, be keeping all our listeners up to date as to uh, the latest goings on for Inhumans. Uh, between now, the end of June, and when it hits, uh, when it hits IMAX in the beginning of September, uh, if you're listening to us on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, you're already signed up. You're already getting all this good stuff. You'll be getting more than humans, of course. Uh, in fact, there might even be some uh, some Punisher not too far away. Uh, if you're listening to us just on the uh, Inhumans podcast by Fantastic Geek feed, that works too. Um, as I said, we'll continue to update, and then we'll be uh, we'll be sharing our thoughts after we see the IMAX presentation, and then be doing a, a weekly podcast over the weekends as uh, as the show comes out. And of course, Pete, who is it? What is it that keeps us? You know, we have our moon that we broadcast from. What keeps us in orbit? Well, inhumanly supportive, Matt, are our patrons on Patreon.com. P a t r e o n uh, if you get yourself to patreon.com forward slash fantastic geek with the PH all one word, the second that you contribute, you will get exclusive podcast content. Um, and then you can pick any level you might wish to contribute at, all of which is going to help us with things like bandwidth and bandwidth. <laughs> And, and storage, Pete. Those are the two biggies, bandwidth and storage. Which, are, with our backlog, is increasingly important. Let me put it to you this way, Pete. It's because of our our, our patrons that we are able to take, to take lockjaw-sized podcasts and continue to send them <laughs> from our moon down to the Hawaii that is everyone's ears. It's a perfect metaphor. I understand all of the words you use there, but conceptualizing that, I'm really struggling. But anyway, if you're able to contribute, we're super thankful. If you're not, even for considering it, thank you. Pete, the greatest gift, though, is that of communicating with each other. And how can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. 9,378 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast 24-7, 365, just like our pals Jen and Jamie and others who had uh, replied to us. Uh, ahead of this podcast can we are fantastic geek that's fantastic with the p and the h fantasticgeek.com you can leave comments there you can tweet at fantastic geek you can check out our instagram fantastic geek or send emails to fantastic geek at gmail.com but wait pete is there more facebook.com slash fantastic geek all one word with the ph like it today we will be back talking in humans as news is required and we'll be back in the pop culture podcast feed uh pretty darn soon so with that pete i will say aloha to all our listeners and give you the final word mm-hmm.